0: Sounds good. This is the first time I've literally sat in this chair.
1: Oh, so this is the first podcast in this room?
0: Yeah, first one. Heck yeah. Well, not first one in the room, but first one. Like,
1: it semi-done? Like, yeah. almost done?
0: Yeah, yeah. First one through the deck and somewhat done. I want it done for, um, Andy's going to be here in a week and a half. Yeah. And we're going to do kind of three days of, like, different stuff. Leah's going to come. We're going to. Mm-hmm you know we're gonna we're gonna roll a little bit we're gonna teach her archery Then andy's gonna get a refresher course we'll probably do a cocktail or two cocktail or two (laughs) and yeah that's the plan so i want it all done for then but yeah it's been like one thing at a time it was uh it was like lighting we've worked on different lights yeah this is We'll see how this looks, but I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Just saw, trying to figure out like little decorations for I the saw you table had all the, or whatever. You had
1: the elk hung up at the farm too. I was glad to see all the elk up and everything. <laughs>
0: well, that was... Not uh, laying on the targets anymore. Well, so I had a, I had someone come over and do a classic, Um, you know, when someone's dealing with target panic. normally they're they're fine for a little bit and then eventually they kind of freak out and make one bad shot you know once they kind of get too much confidence yeah and that happened and he shot like dead center on one of my long thirds and somehow it didn't break it but it blew a serious chunk out of one and i'm just like all right time (laughs) to get them up yeah (laughs) yeah yeah because they are not safe right there. well i was showing i was showing dad last night the
1: uh arrows in the wall and we how you make people sign them and kind of leave them and he's like why i was like it's a wall of shame that's that's why you leave them in there
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm i need to uh totally reinforce that yeah and there's like there's one there's one serious problem area and that's that gas line. Oh. It yeah. runs right along that, that beam.
1: Yeah, and as well, many uh, arrows get flung in that room. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter
0: of time. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I debated putting like a like a steel plate over that freaking yeah. bar all the way up just in case someone just freaking torches that thing. Oh gosh. Yeah, that would be uh, uh That'd be a legit Rambo arrow right there. <laughs> yeah. See if you could get out the door fast enough. Yeah. Thankfully, that propane tank isn't like a huge one. I think it would, I mean, it would cause some damage. I was about to say, but that <laughs> thing's got
1: a like spark going in in a gas line. That's not a good combination. <clears throat>
0: no, no, but we got to live dangerously. So, dude, you just got back off a, what, two week? Uh,
1: Four, yeah, 14, 15 days, something like that. Would you call this trip? Well, it was kind of a combination trip because it started out in Missouri with the US Open bow fishing. Um, with Oh, you did? I didn't yeah. know
0: you guys bow fished. there. Is that why you were with Chuck? That's why the, I was with truck? Chuck
1: in the beginning. Yeah, so we started out in Missouri with JP John and Chuck doing the uh, US Open bow fishing tournament there in Springfield. Actually, it was in Branson. But uh that was we I've done that one several times. And that was just like a
0: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How'd they do? Like, was there pretty good attendance and stuff? Yeah,
1: there was over, right at 150 boats. There was the winning, winning uh, 20, The I think it was like a, what's it called, the Big 20 Tournament? I think it was like 450-ish, something like that, pounds won it. Dang. And it was a, uh, I want to say it was a team, oh, it was the uh, a team that had won it before. It was actually a team from down there near Chuck in Georgia that won it. But yeah, I mean, there were teams from South Dakota, Florida. I mean, all over the country. So we did that for three days. Then we went to um, J.P.'s farm in Missouri. Turkey hunted, killed a turkey there. Was there for
0: you can kill two in Missouri, can't
1: you? Yes, you, you can. Get two tags. Pretty sure. Sh- I think non-residents. Pretty sure non-residents can kill two. Yeah. We were only there for two days because me and Chuck were anxious to get on to Nebraska to that place that we got permission a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So we went there, killed turkeys and coyotes. Ended up seeing a bunch of coyotes too. I want to go back and do a um like a February March coyote trip. I've always wanted to do like a out west coyote trip, just running around and shooting coyotes because I think that'd be fun.
0: Is Chuck's crow decoy? Is that like is that is that out on the market or was that <laughs> is that his homemade? Dude,
1: thing? he's homemade so many crow you know just things to go crow hunting yeah he's one of those guys though man he's if it is legal he's gonna hunt it but he's also one of those guys and this is this is gonna not i don't know if it'll hurt feelings but it'll definitely be eye-opening for a lot of these listeners he would rather go sit on the crow field and have an opportunity to shoot two or three hundred crows than have an opportunity to hunt 70 inch whitetail yeah, I get it. He would rather like he likes the action. He likes yeah. them, you know, the the cutting up, the the social aspect of it. He just the sitting still, it's not his cup. That's of why
0: bowfishing is so cool. Yeah, and that's why he loves that. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're constantly trolling, moving, making shot. Like, and when you get into them, oh you're, yeah, I mean, you're just shooting, trying to reload fast and enough.
1: I, and I was trying to explain it to, to Dad. I was telling because Dad was asking questions, and you know, mess. And I called Chuck and told him the story about the turkey that me and Dad killed in Montana. And Chuck's one of those guys. When you hunt with him, he's he is genuinely having the most fun. He is jacked out of his mind every day. He knows he's going hunting; mm-hmm. like he can't contain it. <laughs> and when it's not going well, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> he talks the entire time, just constantly talking. Like, well, what do you do? You think they're doing this? Do you think they're over there? Do you think the weather? Do you think the wind? Did this? And he just blah 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 blah. <laughs> it just he's just until something happens, he just doesn't shut up and he he can't sit still he has to be going but um
0: what was his best day crow hunting was there a 380 I
1: think it was a 380 day yeah oh. I think that was in Alabama last year yeah
0: <laughs> I guess it'd be down there in like the pine groves and stuff.
1: I don't know where it was, but he so now that he started doing it and he's kind of put it out there that he does that a lot. Dude, guys will hit him up like, dude, I've got a, I've got a field that they're feeding in. He'd be like, where are you at? I'm driving. He'll go, dude.
0: I've got a, like here. Yeah, they, they started roosting in the center of mine, and yeah. it sounds like, I mean, all morning. Do you guys hear them? They're roosting. Like no, I didn't right see in it in the middle. I, of as place. soon as I walked
1: out the horse, like a twenty pound coon running across that top field
0: right oh, there. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a, a big old gobbler. No, no,
1: uh-uh, no. They, they have done that to us though all the whole way home. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we we went to Nebraska. We hunted for three or four days, both killed turkeys, and then I went to Rapid with my wife. Kind of flew her in since it was such a long trip. Yep, flew her in for a little mini vacay. And uh, smart move. Yeah, so we did the we did like Mount Rushmore, which is way smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's, it's so that's small. so many attractions. It's like so like,
1: small because like you see all the pictures and you think it's a whole mountainside, and then you get there and you're like. This is not near as big as I thought it was going to be,
0: yeah. But anyway, it was
1: cool. Then we went to Custer and saw all the the uh, buffalo and stuff. And she flew home, and then I drove on further north to uh, eastern Montana with me and Dad, and uh, we we both killed turkeys. Neither one in the conventional way, but uh, bushwhacking. Bushwhack. Well, Dad's was hundred percent bushwhacking. Mine was a, a sneak and kind of murk more (laughs) than anything but uh it was a lot of fun because dad turned 60 this year and uh he had never killed a turkey and he's never gotten to see montana and he's always talked about two things he's always wanted to see montana he's always wanted to go fishing in alaska well i couldn't make fishing in alaska happen this year but it's like well got a guy that'll let us come to montana Mm -hmm. and uh kill a turkey so we kind of killed two birds with one stone but we had a We had a ball, man. It was so much fun.
0: Yeah, because the last several years you and I have been there, Mm -hmm. there's elk screaming, and Mm -hmm. we're in pursuit. And then, (laughs) like, some stupid gobbler freaking walks by, and you're you're just looking at me like,
1: oh. (laughs) And then you're
0: looking disgust back at
1: me like, come on, dude. Dude, you see the beard on that thing?
0: (laughs) His spurs are just so sharp. (laughs) I'm just looking at you like. Can get moving,
1: dude. <laughs> well, dude, that one farm that we 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 hunted to you know, we hunted all over eastern Montana, but uh, I feel like there was way more in the fall, either that or they were just they didn't like the, what I was talking, they just <laughs> I wasn't talking good to them or something because they were uh, we had a couple of them answering us and, and moving around, but getting them to commit and come to a decoy, cool, you know, because that's what, I wanted his first experience to be like stereotypical turkey hunting gobble on the limb, fly down, come into the decoy, You know, shoot <laughs> him at 20 yards. Not Didn't happen. Just wasn't, they weren't ready. Or I don't know if they weren't ready or if they were just past ready, but they all had hens. They were just being buttholes. Yeah. And we we had a couple close calls, and, and, and we had a couple come into like, we had one at like 55. I arranged it after he walked by because I figured he was close enough, and Dad thought he was too far and didn't shoot. That was like the... What decoys were you using? I was just using a hen, and I showed them a fan a couple times when they wouldn't commit, and they didn't like that either. (laughs) They, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I want to feel like because that one that he thought was a little too far came in, he came from a long way. I mean, a long way. Oh, dang. And uh, I'm like, if he can't. Were they gobbling and everything? This one was. He gobbled the whole way in. Dang. And I kept telling Dad because Dad can't hear real well, and I'm like, he's coming. And, uh. He came from he came from at least 400 yards away. I mean, you know where that pipeline is, right? Where we sat, where we parked the truck. Mm-hmm. He was over and over, I mean, at least. So yeah. he came a long way and uh came that far, saw the decoy, and it's like came out of strut and then just kind of skirted around it. So he didn't like something. Yeah. But I'm like, shoot him, shoot him, and he couldn't <laughs> hear me. So he's just sitting on the gun, you know. Kind of rested, and I'm just waiting on him to just throw up and shoot, and he never does. And then he walks off, and he's like, I thought it was too far. I was like, No, that was 50, like 55 yards. And he's like, Oh, okay.
0: And then the next morning, dang man, you, you your dad talks obviously just like me, according to Sharon, <laughs> because every time Sharon, you know, says John said, it pretty much comes out like how you just did your dad.
1: <laughs> well, then the next morning, we we weren't sure what to do, so we went back to the same farm because there was more turkeys there than we had seen anywhere else. And had one goblin on the limb good, parked in the same spot. We got all the way underneath him. You know that the big drainage where you said you saw the bull dragging the, the barbed wire? Mm-hmm. Well, we walked yeah. along the edge of that, and mm-hmm. we got within 100 yards of him on the limb. Got sat down. I'm like, this is perfect. He pitched down. I'm sitting, I don't know, three or four yards behind Dad, just far enough to where he can't hear me. <laughs> And the turkey pitches down, comes into fifty yards, goblin and strut, perfect, just like you just like you write it up. And I'm like, shoot him, shoot him, same thing again. And he doesn't ever shoot him. And I literally, we're sitting on the edge of that drainage, and I slide down it and come around underneath him. And I'm like, why aren't you shooting? And he's like, I didn't never see him. And there's one little <laughs> sapling in front of him, and Dad never saw him. And I'm just like beating my head against the tree, like, oh my, like that's two opportunities. And I'm like, I drug dad all the way to Montana. We're yeah. not going home without a turkey.
0: Well, I th- right in that same area is that time where we uh, we met that dude. I'm, I forget where he was from, but he had never killed an elk. Remember? Mm-hmm. And we, sp- I'm like, let's spend the day and call for oh, this guy. Gosh, man! And that that was the monsoon day. <laughs> I told dad that story, and that was the same thing, like that bull would come, but he would freeze. So we kept telling him, like, yeah. go up, mm-hmm. you know, get up there, and I'm going to keep, like, you know, pretty much beating the hell out of this tree back here. <laughs> and every time we wanted him to, like, reposition, he was just far enough away where we could he couldn't yeah. tell what we were saying, so we'd have to, like, belly crawl up to him and then be like, get over there. <laughs> then belly crawl all the way back and, like, start beating on a tree again.
1: I pulled a John Dudley, though, with Dad, because when that turkey you got away from us, yeah, that morning before we killed, he he kind of went over the hill. And I was going to, I was like, no, he's not doing that because we're just going to sneak him and shoot him now. And we're walking, and I looked behind him. And the first time I ever went with you, and I wasn't literally on your hip pocket, mm-hmm. you're like, stay behind me. <laughs> and I literally just reached and grabbed dad's shirt collar and I just dragged him. I'm like, come with me. <laughs> and we got up That's there, the and he's like, 75 yards I was like he's I was like he's too far to shoot at and uh he just eased off but I was I thought about you when I did I'm like I just reached and grabbed him like stay right here because I remember the first time I went with you and I was like two steps behind and you're like you should be able to grab me at any time like stay right here and uh so true oh yeah it was it was a learning curve for him learning curve for me whatever 2018 whatever that was but what's, yet, what's was the fun.
0: effective range for like a turkey shotgun now? <laughs> you I mean, probably I haven't used You probably like could have done it at
1: 75, but what? Yeah. Dude, those TSS, those those 20 gauge TSS will stone dead them at 65. <laughs>
0: yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I, I don't smokes. have any
1: TSS for a 12 gauge, but I would say at least 75. Yeah, dude, I shot mine at fifty five, and he didn't even flop. So, <laughs> I mean, there's Chuck shot his in um, Nebraska at I want to say it was right at sixty with that TSS with a twenty gauge, and it just stoned at him. I mean, Dang. it's it, 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 it's crazy, but uh, damn, it was. I'm glad we had him because I mean, we couldn't get anything to come like, in what close. Is
0: TSS is that a choke? The
1: tungsten Super Shot. Oh, it's a okay. it's a it's a
0: certain load. Who makes it? and then what What kind of choke it. are you still using like a super full yeah or like a,
1: yeah turkey choked yeah whatever the super is um but yeah they're they're crazy the new ones and it's which is so funny because you know doing video like i do you know you end up doing videos or some sort of turkey advertisement of some sort and they advertise how far away you can kill a turkey but for the video, they want them to be 10 steps and the decoy. <laughs> so it's like, well, isn't that not counterintuitive? Like you want to show that this thing can kill one at 75 yards, mm-hmm. but the video shows it at 10 steps over the shoulder down the gun barrel. I was like, well, that's, I mean, heck, I could kill him with a BB gun right there.
0: If they put one tracer pellet in that thing where you mm-hmm. can see one fireball going to that thing's head, yeah, yeah. then they'd want to show those well, bombs. You
1: shoot, them, you shoot them at 240, 240 frames, and you can see the shot hitting them. <laughs>
0: 'Cause I mean, it's not
1: only for traveling like like a 1, thousand, twelve hundred feet a second. It's not terribly fast. And at two hundred and forty, you can literally see the shot hitting them. We Dang. shot I'll never forget one that we did at Fox Release in Georgia. There were two turkeys and they were they wouldn't commit and they were like thirty something yards. I wasn't videoing this, but I was on the hunt and uh there was one, you know, kinda here and one, you know, they were split apart by like two or three yards. Mm-hmm. And the guy went to shoot the one on the right and hit a branch. And you can literally see the shot split off the branch and killed both turkeys. Oh, my goodness. And completely on accident. Because he was shooting at this one. It hit the thing, and enough shot broke off and killed both
0: turkeys. You and I have a very different opinion on turkeys and how they (laughs) – Yeah, well. What's your philosophy? I I mean, I enjoy hunting them with a bow.
1: I think that's so anticlimactic and stupid. (laughs) I think God put them on earth to be shot in the face with a shotgun. (laughs) You know, and I used uh, to and I dang, used to be man. one of those guys in the early days, it's like, you know, killing one with a bow would be kind of kinda cool. And then I filmed enough of them with the bow. I'm like, this is stupid. This is not not near as much fun. It's just that getting them in there and just that bang of just melting their face. That's my favorite.
0: God. <laughs> Caleb somehow goes from like Mr. Nice Guy to just dude, <laughs> pure and that was, ruthless. I was dude. telling
1: dad that on because when they treat you like that. You just and I text Chuck, and I was telling him because he wanted to know because he was he's was, he had like the FOMO fear of missing out because he was back home working and we were out yeah. still running around to our gun.
0: What does Chuck actually do for a job, <sighs> dude? Like what? That's is a it? whole nother podcast.
1: I don't really know. <laughs> okay, he's one of those. He's a a plumber, but <laughs> if you ask him, he's he's got a lot of he hunts more than anybody I know. 95% of it's not on camera. He just hunts and bowfishes every day. Yeah. I can't wait to send him this podcast. He's going to love this. But anyway, <laughs> I text him because he's wanting to know, like, what are they doing? They're goblin good. You know, you're killing them, whatever. And I was just telling him what they're doing to us. I'm like, dude, they're not goblin. They got hens. They're doing this. They're being buttholes. They won't commit and this, that, and the other. Just kind of going through the list of how they're treating us bad. He goes, he literally texts back. He said, just kill them. However you got to. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like message received. So that's what we did. And when we when we killed dad. So I'll tell you the, the quick story how we killed dad. So we got over on um all the way down the farm, came back, and he's literally in the road, and we shot him. I mean, we didn't even call him in. This turkey just appeared and we shot him in the road. And that's well, like,
0: Well, by road you mean a fire lane. Well, fire lane, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the, 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 like the, the two track that goes through the farm. Yeah. But anyway, it was one of those deals to where it wasn't the conventional way, but at that point in the hunt, we're like, dude, we're, we're not leaving here without the turkey. He appeared, it's like God put him there. It's like, it, cause it wasn't, we didn't call him in. It was just like, there he was. <laughs> but, uh, we got, we got that done. I called Chuck. I'm like, we got it done but it wasn't how I wrote it up and I told Dad I'm like, I still want to go back one of these days and like have the stereotypical turkey hunt.
0: I wonder when the time is because I've been to uh to South Dakota where it was like that and it was a kind of a struggle mm-hmm. you know um and like everything was in huge groups and y'all like I needed to be by the roost and it was it was really good hunting for. The first thirty minutes and the last thirty minutes where mm-hmm. they staged, where they they pitched straight down mm-hmm. and hung out there before they went all throughout the hills and stuff. And they talked a lot then, and then they pretty much were just quiet they, and like in their groups. And it's almost like because there's just not that many of them, they just have their routine and they didn't break it, even though they were in breeding. Well, they would they would gobble
1: probably till about because I mean, dude. The first morning kind of was an eye-opener for us because, you know, I looked at my app that tells me what time the sun comes up, and I think it said, like, sunrise was at 530, something like that. Yeah. And then first light, it said it was 455. <laughs> yeah. All oh, we set up for 455, 415, it was too bright to walk around, turkeys were going to see you. So I looked at that, <laughs> I'm like, That's... we're going to have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Dang. Yeah, 415, you could start seeing red light in the distance. And I'm like – what I mean? are we going to get to sleep? Cause so the second morning we got up at literally three, got in there. We were set up under the tree at four o'clock and still didn't get one. <laughs> it was just cause it just wasn't the right situation. But,
0: um, it's just so funny things like when you want to hunt them, how different they are. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, looper was, he went to turkey hunt on his own out in Utah like a week ago and he called me and just said like, Hey, I'm going to go and get a decoy. And you know, he was going to just go out with his son mm-hmm. and he texted me the first morning. He's like, one's gobbling. And then all of a sudden he tech, he like called me or FaceTime and he's just like, dude, if a turkey's coming in, like how good can they really see? Really I, sa- I said, dude, and I said, what, what are you doing? He's like, well, we were kind of late and we went to a different spot so we didn't take a blind we just went and sat on a tree and I go do you have hex on he goes nope (laughs) and I go how close did he get he's like dude that thing was coming and then got to like a hundred yards and then put on the brakes and just bolted yeah and he's like is that normal I go yeah dude that's like that's why I told him I said that's why me shooting one off a freaking lawn chair in the middle of a food plot is incredible Mm -hmm. you know that's why it's like that and then he um he just had this like wake up call because he said, dude, when I'm out running, he goes, I run past freaking turkeys every day, and I always think like he goes, I haven't really wanted to hunt them because they just always seemed kind of dumb when mm-hmm. I'm out when you're not on the trail, them, you're dumb, yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, and it's like that with you know whitetails, anything. Yeah, it's like once once you have like. Crows are like that. You yeah. ever watch crows? Like if you're just out walking around, they're cool. But if you like get a stick in your hand or something, <laughs> they're they're out. Yeah. Like they're out of there. They're they're incredibly smart.
1: Well, so it's kind of like in the southeast growing up hunting, and you go deer hunting, and there's squirrels everywhere. And you're like, Dang, I wish I'd have brought a 22. And you go home, get a 22, and come back, no squirrels. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. But uh, they were kind of acting that way too. And, you know, like you were talking about in South Dakota, they, you know. They would stop gobbling, you know, which, you know, you could start shooting at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they would stop gobbling about 8, you know. So you had two and a half, three hours that's of pretty good gobbling. And then um, they would all go in the timber. It wasn't like, you know, most turkeys, you see them out strutting in the field and kind of doing their thing because that's their security because their yeah. eyesight's so good. They go out in a wide open field. Anything that comes after them, they can get out of there or fly off or whatever. No, dude, they would go in the trees and they just be in tiny little pockets in the trees, like in those little short pines. Yeah, and, stuff. and I was just thinking, I'm thinking, as many coyotes and stuff are around here, I just feel like that's a very yeah. vulnerable spot for those yeah, turkeys get to be
0: jacked right there.
1: But that's where they were, you know, were They're, they
0: scratching for something?
1: Maybe I, n- I never really went in there to look at them. Um, I didn't want to bust them out of there. Trying, yeah. I was trying just to kind of, kind of like we you do with white tails, kind of hunt the edges and try not to. Get in there, run them away because we knew where they were and we only had what four days. So, um, but we ended up kind of like we did elk hunting, we covered ground, man, all over the place. And, uh, because
0: I'm pretty sure, like, because I can, well, anyone can turkey call with their elk mm, call. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we came across several groups where we weren't wanting to bust out and mm-hmm. start putting because we were in pursuit of elk. And didn't we just, didn't I just call like yelp and mm-hmm. just kind of purr and we just kind of, Walked through them, and I mean, I didn't think it was. I was gonna go out there for. I was gonna get a morning flight in and an evening flight out. Like that's how (laughs) certain. That's how. That's how confident I was gonna be that you probably
1: been very disappointed (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, and historically, you know, if you look at the four subspecies of turkeys in the United States, Miriams are supposed
0: to be the easier ones to hunt. Yeah. Well, that was not the case. I wonder. Do you think when you are hunting Miriams? I mean, I never did this, but every time I hunted Miriams, it was always right at the beginning of season when they were very flocked up. And I literally like put my blind underneath the roost trees Mm -hmm. to where they would just like fall down. And they would all be within 30 yards of the blind. I would just have to get in there at like 3 in the morning, just sitting there. And then all of a sudden it would just start to get light enough and I'd kind of peek out the windows and then they would just start hear them just like mm-hmm. and then they would just start gobbling on the, on the ground and that's how i could shoot them um but i never like really i don't think i ever really paid attention to my decoy like whether i use a Merriam fan or not do you think them seeing an eastern fan would wig them out like well because so for those listening certain species of turkeys have different like feather configurations. So the Merriams have very white tips across mm-hmm. their fans. Um, or I guess even even their main, their lower feathers are all white too, mm-hmm. which is what makes them look so freaking purty. Yeah, they're, they're the they're, prettiest they're, fan. Yeah, yeah 100% sure. the
1: prettiest fan. And that might have been it because we were showing them an Eastern fan. And, I mean, we all know the Eastern's a, a superior bird anyway, so that might be why they didn't come in. but um, Could be. But I, and I thought about that. And, and my decoys were technically, I guess, eastern, you know, hens, too. So maybe they're just like, some doesn't look right over there. I'm used to seeing that smoky white on her back. and she could be have how any. you
0: talk, too. It might have like, like you talk, if you talk turkey like you talk normal, you're kind of talking slow. And <laughs> out there, they might, like, have a different way. Instead of saying, like, yep, 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 they might be like, well,
1: <laughs> yelp. Well yeah, was, draw everything out. I was trying to get and I mean, we were trying to be aggressive. Cause you know, you only had four days and I was I mean, I was trying to make things happen. And the stupid things, the one that we ended up spooking, um, because we heard him gobbling, he sounded like he was a long way off. So he's trying to you know, we were trying to cut the distance. Mm-hmm. And we literally topped one of those little hills and there he's he's standing right there in the freaking middle of the little short pines. And I'm like, dude, you sounded way further than that. <laughs> and I'm like, I stood there and I looked at Dad and I'm like, Dad, gum it, we got caught with our pants down. And he's standing there and I just owl at him and he got shot gobbles right in front of us. <laughs> I was like, he would not gobble <laughs> for the last 20 minutes when we're trying to cut the distance. But now that I'm standing looking there at him, he'll gobble at me. Yeah, just freaking turkeys, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, they they are frustrating. I hunted yesterday, which was the last day of our season, and it it was really. A different season for me I only hunted three days because normally I always have that like my group hunt mm-hmm. this, for the second season and we all put in for the second season I would cleared my calendar for the second season so like the first season I had commitments because I knew I'm going to be hunting five days with everybody here so mm-hmm. that was my thing and then about two or three weeks before this season, I did a podcast and talked about the TAC dates. And then someone DM'd me and said, hey, dude, those are the wrong dates for the yeah. for the Texas TAC. So I reached out to Sean, and, and Sean's like, oh, did you not get the email for the new dates? And I said, dude, all I have is what you put on the whiteboard. It's mm. like s- still like these are the dates. And then yeah. he said, oh, dude, we moved it a week. So I had to cancel, like, my whole group hunt. I saw the the belt in there. Yeah, had to cancel the whole group hunt. And so I went out. Um, luckily, Tony came. Uh, Tony came for, like, two days, and we got one with Tony. Or Tony got his, and then the next day we had a full day. So I said, well, let's just go out for me. We went out, and it was, it w- it actually worked out good. They gobbled on the roost. Both birds were into the decoys within an hour. And I mean, it was like classic, but Mm -hmm. then now we're all the way to the end of season and it's crazy. The difference of what five or six weeks will do, Mm -hmm. because even, even out where I hunt, like I had turkey cams up and I saw turkeys like freaking every day. I like, they're very patternable. I think, you know, with, with the camera, I feel Mm -hmm. like you can pattern them. And it was like, you know, the first 3 hours there would be some cruisers anywhere from like 11:30 to 1 and then you had to be down by this one blind where they were staging up before roost by 4:30 from like 4:30 to 6:30 they would be there but i just kept like putting it off there's just so much going on and then yesterday i went out and i mean i might as well have just been sitting out in an open field in a park and just like trying to look and call for a turkey. There was nothing. I mean, didn't hear anything on the roost. When I was done, drove all around and never freaking saw the only place I saw a turkey yesterday was when I was, I went to Costco in the middle of the day and literally, you know, there was a turkey strutting like right outside of someone's fence.
1: Well, that, you know, I think, you know, Montana ended yesterday, too. Oh, it did? Yeah, it's over there, and I think it's got two or three more weeks before it's, like,
0: really on fire. Unless it's already happened.
1: Well, dude, they're still courting the hens. The hens aren't laying yet. We saw tons of hens that aren't laying.
0: That aren't on nest yet? No. Hmm. I
1: think it's just about. How cool was it? uh, It'd be, like, 34 to 38 in the mornings, and then, like, the last morning, I think it was 40. And it would get, like, high. I think the highs were, like, 65, 70. It was per- – weather was – you couldn't have asked for better weather. Dang. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: And they were all – I mean, every every time we saw had multiple hens, and they were all in, still in pretty big groups. Yeah, I think it was still two or three weeks from being, like, ready to break – you know, to how get going.
0: Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because I don't know if we – did we podcast after your elk hunt last year? No. So this year you got your first elk.
1: No, second elk.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, but the for the years prior, you had always gone, you kind of had your public your public mm-hmm. land hunt that yeah. you like to do. Mm-hmm. And then two years ago, you I remember you saying, dude, I cannot even find a freaking parking spot. Oh yeah. So how much has that changed? Like has and because I know you liked going and hunting on your own. Yeah. But, like, this year, first year ever that I did not even draw a general deer or elk tag in Montana. And I heard that from a lot of people. And in a lot of states, like, um, another one of my buddies had an incredible amount of points in Utah and didn't draw. And then I know some people that didn't draw some, like, I mean, virtually guaranteed stuff and just the number of applicants is so freaking high because obviously there's more people getting into bow hunting, which is good. And a big thing of like, you know, obviously we try to educate. So we're, we're trying to educate people. However, I think it's bow hunting. More people are getting into bow hunting
1: and as many or more people are getting into Western hunting. Yeah. But in terms of not drawing Montana, from what I saw just being there, this is the year you were to draw Montana. There's stuff (laughs) running around everywhere. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, but yeah. Um, so two years ago was when we did Idaho. Yep. And I had been to this same area two years before that. So I went in 17 Mm -hmm. and we saw some hunters, but it wasn't terrible. Um, we got into elk. I had a shot opportunity at like 82 hit a limb and, um, didn't you know didn't get you know didn't get an elk there and then i ended up going to colorado with my dad my brother and we went to some public land you know over the counter ended up killing my first bull there on the second morning amongst a bunch of people way more than we saw in idaho (laughs) and uh got really got lucky because we just got there and on the you know it had the forest service road that you can drive on well dude there's trucks everywhere there was, you know, tent camps, people on horses. I'm like, dude, we're, we're in. I mean, obviously there's some elk here because there's a bunch of people. Yeah. Well, the first day we ended up, you know, the whole thing with the, you know, everybody you hear on public lands, man, you got to get high because that's where the elk are. You got to get up there. You got to work, you know, go to work hard to get up high. Yeah. Well, we started to go high the first day, and all we did was run into people. Yeah. And I'm like, just, I was like, well, if there's this many people trying to get high, they're going to push elk down. Yeah. So the next day, we went to the bottom. Yep. No people killed an elk. (laughs) I was like, you know, it's kind of deductive reasoning here. You know, I got lucky and called a little raghorn, you know, legal, let's say five, it was a five-point off of a a herd bull that ended up getting killed two days later by some guys from Arkansas. But uh, my first elk, I was completely stoked and got to be there with my dad and my brother. Then the next year, we did Wyoming, and it was – Hot, and we ran into some hunters, but just so hot the elk weren't bugling. It was just it was tough. Yeah. Then the next year we went back to Idaho because we had such a good experience two years before. We got there at like eight o'clock in the evening because I, dr- I always drive out there, mm-hmm. and uh it was me, uh, Jamie Shira, yep. and then Ryer. This mm-hmm. is this is right after Ryer started working for me. Yep. And uh we got there at like eight. We did not find a place to park until 11 o'clock that night. <laughs> and we ended up parking next to somebody else because we're like, we just got tired of looking for somewhere. Dang. And uh, this was actually, we even went to this area because of a local guy that I know there. who's like, Hey man, this is a place that I've hunted for years and years. And I still don't know. And I still haven't found out if he was just messing with me, sending me here because every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the world was there.
0: You know it, dude. Dude, but
1: we got there, and it was. We hunted the first day. We we called in. We saw and called in. Three groups of two, so six guys. <laughs> the first day, we ended up Damn. calling in. Uh. It was twelve or twelve or fourteen hunters. It's pretty solid in five collie. in
0: five days, yeah. Because normally, if you're hunting public, you're you're like that's a person,
1: dude. I called in twelve. Or, it was twelve or fourteen guys <laughs> the, the the during the five days, dude. There's what, dude? This is the day that we had the grizzly. The 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 evening we had the grizzly come in. But so I always used to hear people get you know stranded on a mountain. I'm like, how do you get stranded on a mountain? Like what an idiot. Well, yeah. and it happened to me. So we go. We go into this area, we're looking on the maps, and it's just the gnarliest, nastiest-looking spot, and it's the only place we haven't seen people. So we're like, well, we'll just figure it out. We'll get in there. We get start hiking in, hiking up just deadfall and just nasty stuff. It takes us all day. And we're in elk the whole time. We see beds, we see rubs. And we're like, okay, we finally found the elk, and there's no people because this place is so nasty. We get all the way to the top, and we're just exhausted. It's the middle of the day, so we're like, all right, let's chill out for a little bit. We kind of take a siesta on the top of this big ridge. And then starts getting evening time, and we hear a bugle. And we're like, heck yeah. So we get in there, get up top, and I, I drop back to call for Jamie. And I start calling, beating the crap out of a tree again, doing everything right. And then it just gets really quiet, and I'm just waiting to hear a shot because, like, the sucker's coming. And then it was one of those things I hear somebody whistle. And I'm like, yes, they got one. I get up top, and there's three dudes standing there in front of them. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and they're like... They're like, was that you calling? I was like, yeah, was that you calling? They're like, yeah. I was like, that sounded good. <laughs> He's like, dude, you sounded good. I'm like, dad, gum it. <laughs> well, these guys are from Washington State. And uh they, they're, you know, we got to talking and hanging out in this public land. Everybody's being really nice and cordial. And they're so they're frustrated because they thought they were on a bull. We're frustrated because we thought we were on a bull. Well, it's like prime time, 45 minutes before dark. And these guys are like, well, I guess we're gonna start heading back to camp. I'm like heading back to camp I guess like, prime time dude why are y'all leaving now and they start walking off the mountain And I'm like well those idiots what are You know they're leaving they're stupid so we're like we're gonna keep hunting we heard another bull down in this bottom bugling so we take off after him well it starts getting you know t- you turn on your headlamp dusky dark and uh I was like, well I guess we need to start heading back so we couldn't get on the elk now look at my onyx and I'm like oh there's a trail right up here there's not a trail there we start trying to get off this mountain in the dark and we get cliffed out. We get like 15 foot tall deadfall that we can't get through. We try and get off this mountain for until almost midnight to the point to where we cannot find our way off this mountain. And I'm like, dude, and we're exhausted. We are out of food. We're out of water. And luckily I had that sick guitar that the Barclow gave me. Mm-hmm. I pitched that sick guitar. We built a tiny little fire that was like, you know, the size of a bowl <laughs> And we're sitting around because it, it's like 20 degrees. It's gonna get 20 something degrees that night. And we're in we're in our ascent pants and stuff. Like we have on like running around stuff. And I'm like, dude, we're about to freeze to death. So <laughs> we're sitting there and we're just we're gonna die. dude. I'm I'm thinking the worst. I'm thinking <laughs> this is gonna suck. So we're sitting around this little fire, you know, just finally can like, okay, we've we've made the decision, we're gonna ride this out. Yeah. And we're just kind of sitting around all three of us looking at each other and rier. God bless him. Pulls out a thing of tuna, and we're like, God, you know how terrible tuna smells, yeah. And he just starts chowing. It's one of the little, little bit of food we have left, and I don't like tuna even when I'm not hungry. (laughs) You're making a face right now, just dude, uh, not a, not a fan. (laughs) And so we don't have anything else to drink. He's got a pack of tuna, and uh, it's you know one o'clock in the morning, and I hear like a like a huff, and I'm like, what was that? And I just kind of look over (laughs) his shoulder past the tree, and I see two of the biggest eyes and a giant big old head coming straight down when The wind's blowing right over his shoulder past that tuna. And I'm like, bear, bear, big bear. And I just stand up and start screaming bear, and they stand up and start screaming bear. And, you know, we're right there at the edge of, like, falling asleep because we're so tired, and now our adrenaline, like, you can walk re- back to Georgia. Yes. <laughs> and now we're sitting there, Jamie, because we don't have a pistol. We yeah. have nothing but our bows. Jamie's sitting there with an the arrow with a broadhead on it. Like he's going to do something yeah. if this bear comes you in. That. And we, we blast until about, oh, turns out our fire went from bowl size to much larger after that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we tried to stay awake. We're like, now we just got to stay awake. We lasted till about three until the adrenaline wore off. And then we were just. everybody's out and uh luckily that sick guitar we kind of set the fire around the edge of it and it would hold a lot of the heat in and luckily we didn't get too terribly cold well as soon as the sun came up dude thank god we don't know if the bear came back or not we were asleep hopefully he didn't i don't think he did but we uh we got all our stuff and we were probably a mile mile and a half as a crow flies from the truck it took us like four and a half hours down the mountain to get there Dang. It was some of the nastiest stuff, but that's where the elk were. The next day we were so burnt, we didn't even get to go hunting the next morning. We were just toast. But ended up calling in, like I said, 14-something hunters. Obviously didn't kill an elk. Yeah. And then last year did New Mexico, and it was awesome. Killed a good bull on the fourth, fourth or fifth day. I just think,
0: you know, for as big of a – I know there's such a push for, like, public land – but there's also a lot of people that don't have, like, I, I think back to when, when I worked at Matthews or, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess it was the last time I worked for someone had like vacation time that Mm -hmm. you had to put in for and get approved and all that. You know, you I had like five days. So if I used it from a Monday to a Friday, that means, like, I would need Saturday and Sunday to drive somewhere. I would have it. And then I would at least need Sunday to drive back. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have six days for your whole fall calendar to go out west, there's a very good argument about paying money and getting a landowner tag. Yeah. Like, there's just, you know, I don't – there's nothing negative about it to me because there's so many people that I know – I mean, I know people from here in my town that have gone out to get over-the-counter tags like three or four years now in a row, and occasionally one person in their group gets one, and they're yeah. they're pumped about, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, so-and-so got one last year. We all helped and got it out. But it would also be cool if, you know, you if you had to, don't go every year. Save, you know, save up and you know, go somewhere where there's less pressure and, and more opportunity. You well, know, I, it just, at least for me, I got to the point where I couldn't like, I couldn't go with all of my vacation for five, you know, I didn't get more than two weeks vacation for the first five years. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I remember going out. Um, I drew a Montana tag and I went out and, just roamed around had no idea what i was doing mm-hmm. ran into a ton of people yeah, that's and half
1: the fun though you know when you're first getting started yeah and, I, and i've told guys that i'm like because they asked me they're like man i really want to do an elk hunt i'm like look dude if you don't have the the money to spend on land on attack yeah. i was like i was like just for the experience yeah for sure go out to colorado spend whatever 900 dollars, whatever it is get get another one of your buddies get in the truck and drive out there i was like you you'll probably hear an elk bugle in the distance. So you'll probably won't kill him. Yep. But just to be out west. Yeah. I, was I like, agree with that. Yeah. 100%. You, you. I was like, in the first time, you need to do that. You need to experience it. Yeah. If you kill one, you got really lucky. Yeah. Um. But it's 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 worth doing, and, and kind of like what you're saying. When I started filming, I'd never done an elk hunt until I think my first one was 2014. I did between filming and hunting myself. I did 11 different trips before I ever laid hands on an elk. Yeah. So it is not easy, but no. after the first trip, which was a really tough hunt, I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm absolutely hooked. I have to come back. I have to do this as often and as many times as I can. And the majority of mine since then have been either with you or on public land. Yep. And I, I love both of them. They yeah. both have their own allure. But, um, but, but but like you were saying, you know, I think that worth spending the money on the landowner tag? Absolutely. Because the alternate is if you only have two weeks vacation, you, can you get it done on public land? Absolutely. Yeah. But you better have three or four weeks in the summer to be out there and scout and do all the work, just like whitetails. Can you find them and get on them? Yeah,
0: but you've got to put boots on the ground and spend so much time doing it. I think that time is valuable for opening day strike, Mm -hmm. but, you know, things get moved around so much. I think there's people, I well, I know people that are very good elk hunters, but they also, they don't fight those crowds. Mm -hmm. Like locals know, you know, they'll be there when less non-local people are there and they learn how to kill them late and they learn how to kill them early or they put in the homework to kill them early. But, yeah, I 100% agree you know the first time i went out i freaking loved it and i saw an elk on the last night of the last day and it was like 265 yards i remember like looking at it with my binoculars and ranging it i wow. just thought like holy How high cow, have i got to hold my bow to it. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and then um and then during that time, uh, my buddy Dave Stepp was putting in for Arizona and telling me how awesome Arizona was, but I was, you know, from Illinois and Wisconsin. What the? I, I had no idea. Yeah. So he drew a really good tag and had me, he's like, you should come out. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have that much vacation. He said, you need to come out to learn elk hunting. Mm-hmm. So I went out just to hunt with Dave for his tag. And just the amount that I learned hunting with someone that it wasn't my tag to where I could actually absorb mm-hmm. what was going on. I think that's something people should really consider doing. Like, if you know, this is on your bucket list, try to shadow someone. Yeah. If you know someone that's good, just be like, Hey, I would love to come and, and just be there for help and help you pack out. Or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you're taking care of camp at certain times or helping, you know, yeah. because learning from someone that that did it and seeing that stuff is going to be it's going to I mean that is like better recon than going out there and scouting in yeah. my opinion like d- going out there the one time and seeing someone that knows how to do it and like kind of making some of those mistakes you know if they make mistakes making some of those mistakes then when you have your tag and you go out yeah. it's just that much better
1: well it's like i told told dad after we got just done doing that turkey hunt in montana it's like once you go out there, especially being from the southeast and probably a lot of guys from the Midwest that haven't got to go out mm, west, yep. just being out west, I find every excuse I can to get out of there. Yeah. I love it out there. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily built for being out west, but <laughs> I still love it, even though I'm huffing and puffing most of the time. Yeah. Um, there's just there's nothing like it. The views, the animals, you know, it's like that part of Montana we were just in. I mean, it's got whitetails, mule deer, antelope, elk. Yeah, coyotes, turkeys. I mean, it's got it. It's got yeah. virtually everything. It does, and it's and you. You never. There's never a shortage of looking around, and seeing stuff, and it's so different from me growing up and, you know, growing up in Georgia where everything's trees and hills. You can't see anything. Like I grew up hunting without binoculars because you would hear the deer before you ever saw them. Yeah, because it's so thick. Yeah, but then out there, like I had my. Every time I got in the truck to leave camp, I had my binoculars on, and my dad's like he started looking at me, but. There's so much to look at, and he's like after the second day, he's like he had his binocular on because there's always something. He yeah. was always asking for my extra set, and I'm like, you better, you gotta have binoculars yeah. on here because there's always something to look at. Yeah, and I learned that first couple times I went out west with you know Western guys. They always had binos, and yeah. I'm like, why do these guys always have binoculars? Everything's a mile away. Everything's <laughs> a mile away. You gotta have them to know what it is. Yeah. So yeah, that was a. You know how you were talking
0: fun. about um everyone said you know about getting lost and you thought i'm on a mountain how am i gonna get lost yeah well my first time to alabama (laughs) my first time to alabama deer hunting like my my guide made a really big deal of when i put you in this tree you do not come down until i come get you out of this tree yeah and and down there, it's all these really tall pines that Planet are like, pines, yeah, yeah, planted pines that are like as tall as coconut trees mm-hmm. and then palmettos. And so here I am like, you know, well into my hunting, you know, life Yeah, and been out west on my own multiple times. And, you know, yeah. I, I did not fear land navigation <laughs> by any means, but I remember shooting a deer and I thought I'm just gonna go get that deer and pull it to my tree and then like four hours later I remember just how freaking pissed and embarrassed I was (laughs) of where the hell am I right now because like once you get down there and those palmettas are they're about seven feet tall they're just higher than what I can look at and then as much as you look back at your tree and be like, okay, well, that's my tree. It's got this little knot on it. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as you turn around, like, get under that canopy and, like, do a 360 or two and start, like, dragging a deer and then look back up, you just realize, like, where'd that freaking knot go? Yeah. And then it just got to the point where I'm just like, all right, well, just freaking walk, just walk in, like, a line, and eventually you're – because this is, like, 500 acres. I mean, you know
1: i can walk 500 acres yeah a
0: 500 acre farm give me 15 minutes and i'll like be on the other end of it yeah i just remember walking around and walking around (laughs) and walk and realizing like you know and then eventually i get like i think eventually i came to my tree because my freaking climber was on it yeah but i was convinced that i had walked 10 miles away from my tree and and then finally got it and then i just kind of like got in my thing and just like shuffled back up just waited for the (laughs) dude to come and he's like how'd it go and i'm like yeah all good you know and i'm like i shot a doe i think it's over there he's like all right we'll stay in the tree and then he i think he put the four-wheeler like at the tree and kept it running yeah and then he said okay let's You know, go try to find this stuff. He was afraid of getting lost, too. Dude, yeah. I remember him saying, like, I remember him saying something like, if you get down, you ain't getting out of them woods. (laughs) I think that's, like, what he told me just like that. See, we were in, you know, we are in Nebraska. You know how
1: Nebraska is. There's very few trees. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of got slow rolling hills, and everything's laid out in the grid. Mm -hmm. Well, that farmer, every time he would tell us something, he'd say, well, you go on the north side of that field, and you go on the east side of this, and you go on the west side of that. I'm like, you're going to have to tell me left or right, player. I was like, because I don't know. I was like, unless the sun Dude. is rising or setting, I have no idea which cardinal yeah, direction you're it, talking about. There
0: better not be a cloud in the sky. No, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, talk, we laugh about that all the time because uh, freaking Harry's uh, soccer coach for like his first five years would give us directions, and we just moved to Iowa. So – we would get directions to, like, you know, whatever, Urbandale. And then it would be, like, um, head north on 65, get off on, you know, 8th Street, head west. <laughs> and so, like, I was totally cool with that. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of knew what was going on. But there was multiple times where Sharon would just say, I have no freaking idea. You're like, why doesn't this guy just say right or left? Yeah you know well i asked the farmer cuz he told me this other
1: farm he wanted us to hunt and he's like go he's like go to that intersection go north go here and go east and i said you're going to have to tell me left or right i was like is that left or right and he had to really think about it and he's like um uh, i guess that would be left <laughs> and i'm just like cuz i was trying to ask him i'm like when you say turn north southeast or west are you meaning like the actual cardinal directions? Are you just saying once I get to the intersection, west is turn left and east is turn right? Yeah. And he couldn't even really like it; just made his head spin. Oh damn! And he's like, uh, <laughs> "That's yeah. problematic." Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, if your cardinal directions, I was like, I can pull out a compass and figure it out. But if you're just saying that four way, four lanes is the four arrows of the compass then we are talking about two different things, you
0: know? <laughs> so true. Oh yeah. And
1: he's, and he's that's like, hilarious. and he's having to think really hard about it. He's like, no, I guess you, yeah, yeah I guess yeah, you that's turn a, left there. That's a good freaking question too. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's solid. I, uh, I wrote a post. Um, I thought it was this last week. Just I had post, I posted something because I was putting in my fall plot or my spring food plots mm-hmm. and just kind of said, you know, you reap what you sow mm-hmm. and, and, at the end of that post, I kind of said, you know, whether it's putting your own seat in the ground or, you know, knocking on doors and getting permission mm-hmm. or, you know, spending time helping a farmer that's letting you hunt, you know, do some or stuff, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, you know, that's what you do. And I keep, I keep trying to reiterate that to people who are just, you know, there's people that i know that that send it and say i've tried public land hunting i'm getting frustrated you know i'm seeing more people i did everything right but at first light like, someone else walked right by yeah. and um you know i feel like i feel like people really need to utilize their personality and their ability to like knock on some doors mm-hmm. because everything i have is from being turned down a lot, you know, being told no a lot, and then finally finding a place to where I get in there and I don't burn it. You know, that's the other thing is like you get in there and treat it like you're going to your grandmother's house. Leave it better than you found it for sure. Yeah, I mean, treat it like you're going to your grandmother's house. Make those, you know, make sure that you wholeheartedly like respect that place and realize like this is a freaking unbelievable opportunity. Like yeah. I'm fortunate that, that I'm here right now. I'm yeah. fortunate. I got to keep it. And like, even where you're at in some of the public land or the private land that you've had to go through for your Turkey hunt, you know, that's stuff that was years of me, you know, working on relationships yeah. and then you come in and, yeah. you know, meeting them. And obviously you've been there as like my camera person multiple times, but so many people like, like, don't do that and it's it's a huge mistake you have to you know just because you have a public land place to hunt like you need option two you need plan c like you need other options because there's also going to be times well just like last year last year on um well maybe not last year but two years ago and then for certainly three years ago like when ehd hit even like the main farm that I hunt, which is what I'm like spending 80% of my time with and grooming and everything. there was several years where there just, there was only like one buck there that I would shoot. And so I really had to make sure that I had option two, three, four, And then as years like EHD hits and those numbers get crushed, like there's times where I I need to go somewhere else. And, and, you know, like last year, you know, only one of the deer I shot was actually on, you know, one of my farms. The other ones were places where I got permission and I still do that, you know, and I feel like people need to, people need to do that. And I feel like if you're, if you're out helping a farmer and you're putting in some of that time and putting in some of that sh- those chores, one, you only solidify your relationship there. And, like, because I remember when I lived in Wisconsin, the place where I had to hunt, there were people that were mad because I got to hunt there, and they're like, I got told. I've been told no 10 years there. And And, honestly, I don't know why I was told yes. I just feel like I was there on the right day and the guys just like yeah people are always asking to hunt and he just said he's like you know what, is it just you and i said yeah it's just me and i'm i'm just a bow hunter i said but i'm also not afraid to to help you with chores or you know if there's times where you know if you need someone to be on a tractor and mow some clover you know mow some alfalfa or something like you know i'm from a farm so i mm-hmm. can do that stuff and he's just like all right well let's try it and then you know from there it was just offer to do some chores or say hey yeah. is there a time this year you're going on vacation where you need someone to to do the dailies mm-hmm. and they're like oh man and then for five days you know be there at this time let the horses out put out a couple of bales of hay yeah. and then next thing you know you've like got a place to, yeah. to hunt yeah you
1: know the gun nebraska's same thing we yeah you he, scored big there, yeah dude. He, we we met this guy at a gas station and he's First of all, he couldn't believe we drove all the way from Georgia to kill a turkey in Nebraska. So he's like, well, if you want to kill a turkey, i got a place. But he's one of those guys I think he would probably give permission to about anybody who asked because he's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he told us about some guys that were from Virginia that came earlier this season that it rained and they drove in his field. He went and got him said, don't ever come back.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's all it took. Is like yeah.
1: literally, he's like, dude, don't be an idiot. If yeah. it rains, you got to walk. You can't drive your truck. You know, simple things like that. But also in yeah. like finding permission – you've got to be a little more creative. You know how all those little small towns are in, like, Nebraska and Montana. Well, like, you know, some of the towns that we're at, there's one little local bar. Go have dinner there. Mm-hmm. Strike up a conversation. You know, maybe have to buy some old farmer some drinks. Mm-hmm. Get to talking about elk hunting, deer hunting, antelope hunting. Yep. There's no telling what you can come back with.
0: Out in Alberta, some of the places that we hunt the uh, – it's the same thing. We're trying to get into crown land, but there's private land access. Yeah. Yeah. To just to get to it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the spots I'm talking about and if it rains, some of those roads, like, you know, if you want to try to go to hear an elk call, as nice as it looks to be able to just drive down that road Mm -hmm. a mile and a half from that gravel to just go down that thing a mile and a half and be able to call a little bit. You're gonna be walking with mud sticking to your feet for a mile and a half down and a mile and a half back to just see if you can locate something. And if you dare turn and drive down that, like you're done. Yeah. You're not you know, you're not ever coming back. Because yeah, you start to wreck those roads and mm-hmm. they have to wait for them to dry out and then they gotta reshape them. And I remember being back there by that punk, pump jack that one time. Maybe you were there that year. Do you remember that year some guys killed? um an elk back in the crown land way back there and then they took they instead of packing it out they went and got their four-wheeler and drove their four-wheeler around the edge of all that canola I don't remember that. there was just like four-wheeler tracks just smashing down the, the canola and i'm talking for like they knew they couldn't go past the farmer's house so they Pretty much took the long way and kind of parked several sections down and Just drove the back edge of that.
1: Made even more of a mess than they could have by going by the yeah, farmer's house. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it would have been one of those things where it's like they could have, you know, they could have probably asked the farmer, can I park at the house and packed a mile and a half out, mm-hmm. you know. But instead, what they did was freaking not do it and went all the way around. And by the time the farmer, you know one he saw it and then two by the time he sees them, now it's not just that farmer that's never gonna let that it's
1: every farmer he knows
0: yeah because he's like hey that tr- that red truck from you know calgary mm-hmm. you know that that red dodge like those guys freaking trash my canola and then it's over with yeah and, and like and the locals talk you yeah. know they know so you have to be respectful of that. And well, it's just simple stuff.
1: It's you open a gate, you close the gate. Yeah, that's Bef- a big one. Bef- before you go, you know, before you go through, you know, like when we would go out in the mornings or the evenings, we'd ask him, like, hey, we're going to this farm. Is there anything we need to do while we're over there? And this one farm we went to, he's like, hey, I haven't been over there in two weeks. If you go by a water tank, make sure there's water in it. If there's not, make sure the float's not stuck. Yeah. And every water tank we went by, we would go out of our way to make sure there was water in it. Yep. It is, and it's not rocket science. It's yeah. not hard. It's just being considerate and treating something like it's yours, you know? And that's the like gates and driving on bat, driving when it's wet. Those are the two biggest things I've always heard that people get people thrown off is leaving gates open and letting cows
0: or horses or whatever out yeah. and then driving in wet fields. It's like, don't be an idiot. All right. Before we wrap this up, you got a long drive back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about, um, like elk hunting out west you've been with me a lot um and you kind of talked about that one thing you told your dad put him in check about keeping up with you but (laughs) is there one thing that you can think of that you've seen me do elk hunting that you feel like either helped you or could help other people like is there anything that stands out to things that I've done hunting naturally that would I think it's just or something that you like did once you went to like you know once we hunted together. or Was there something that you that you that I did that you did once you went to New Mexico or whatever that you feel like you know
1: don't just don't don't just take the easy route to get there. Like if you've got to <laughs> if if you've got to go all the way over that butte and around the world to get there, if yeah. that's what the the best thing is to kill the elk, yeah. is it going to suck? Yeah, it's probably going to suck. But you've got to go. Yeah, and uh, and Elker,
0: I'm big on flanking. Yeah, for sure. Especially Well, if you just got to cover ground. Yeah, you some, have to cover someone's ground. Talking. Yeah. then you know I don't talk to something if it's talking. If someone's talking, but I'm, you
1: don't you don't wait on nobody either. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear one, because I the one of the first hunts I ever did with you was in Montana. It was with Barclow and and Andy, and we were sitting there the first day. And you you cow called or bugled or something, and one bugled back. You kind of had that look like, hmm. And you called one more time. And then uh, he bugled back again. You're like, all right, dudes, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were just like, it was a single mission. There's not like, let's talk about this. This plan is like, nope, I'm going there. Come with me or stay here, one or the other. Yep. And it was uh, it was one of those deals to where, I just remember a couple different times we get to a spot and you look around and you just kind of look back at me like it's about to suck. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, we just go. And it always and it and sometimes it really sucks and other times, you know, we've we've gotten to some places that you get elk to come in and they they do it right. The the, the hardest thing for me though is calling in elk. I want to shoot all of them. And you can't shoot all of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just like turkeys, you can't shoot all of them. You know, yeah. you have to be just like whitetails. You have to you know, we want to shoot mature bulls. We want to yeah. do things right. We want to make sure when we're hunting people's property that we're taking the right animals out. And yeah. and that's uh, just, I don't know, I just love elk. I just love elk hunting yeah. and I love turkey hunting. I just love hunting in general. I guess that's what, you know, <laughs>
0: it's. uh. There was, it was one day last year because I was, I I have just spent like two weeks of my life just consolidating footage and stuff from years and years and, <laughs> and, uh there was one day last year where you were filming me. You like had me do like a close to the day. And then I just like walked away. (laughs) And like, when I looked at myself walking away, I'm like, you were totally blown out right there. (laughs) Like that. And do you remember that day? I don't know. I think it was. (laughs) I felt that way a couple of times. So I don't know. Yeah. It was that day where, um, I mean, we just got after it that whole day. And well, one, then, that one day we did 20 was it 24,000 steps or something? I think that was the day. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I like I was walking across that long flat because oh, yeah. I couldn't drive back. So yeah. I, like we're walking across that long ass flat and yeah. so we were just like, man, if we had the bikes, yeah. how awesome this would be. If I had a
1: dollar for every time we said that on that trip.
0: Yeah, <laughs> every every two hours when the one day we
1: took them we didn't make it 200 yards and about ran over ran over that one elk
0: yeah I still feel like I should have just like drawn back and ghost-rided that bike right (laughs) into the freaking pines and then just been ready for that elk when he flushed out yeah no that I feel like I feel like that's why so many people from east just love hunting out west too is because I mean there's days where it really sucks, you know, and just it's such a common saying right now. Like everybody is starting to hear like, hey, if things are tough, that's when you remember it. That's when that's stuff you like. It means you know? more too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, there's, there's, I've never been on an easy elk hunt, ever on every successful and unsuccessful and they have always been their own challenge, whether it's getting, close to one or just getting there or the drive to get to out west what yeah. you know every part of it is a challenge
0: you know what I told someone yesterday so um Craig who you know mm-hmm. he just he wants to kill one elk yeah like before he can't get around mm-hmm. and he's just he's like intimidated by out west and you know not knowing where to l- go which but, most people are yeah not really knowing how to call and he's not gonna learn you know and then he's thinking like if I get one down how freaking big as that mm-hmm. um so i told him i'm like dude do not overlook alberta like to book a hunt I, and i'm i'm really serious about this unfortunately canada is not open not right yet now, not, not yet. yet but when canada opens up again every year my first hunt is up in alberta you know i hunt with red willow outfitters i freaking You know, you have to have an outfitter up there because you have. If you're from the states, you need an allocation. Mm -hmm. An allocation is going to come from an outfitter, but there's a lot of them. But all I can say is the elk in Canada have just exploded, and those. That's the easiest from a from like from an incline decline point of view, and like the fact that you can be at a camp and then be hunting elk in an hour yeah you know or walk three miles and you're in elk you know and you're in some really cool like river bottoms and stuff i feel like that's an elk hunt that a lot of bow hunters seem to overlook but it's it's the easiest of elk hunting in regards to the physical exertion that it takes yeah uh but I also what I love about it, and I think this kind of plays into like when people go to Colorado on an over-the-counter hunt. If it's a legal bull, I'm like a hundred percent pumped, and mm-hmm. honestly, the locals are too because the the elk really do a lot of damage to yeah. the to those farm fields, so. If it's a legal bull, like I've never I've never shot a raghorn or you know, it has to have three points to a side, I for, think. four almost a crown that. or something. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've never shot like a raghorn bull and then had the landowner or the outfitter be like, oh dang, you should have gave them another year. Yeah. They're like they are pumped. And yeah. it's and it's a it's an awesome like if you don't draw a tag you want in the US, do not overlook going to honestly bc or alberta because even in bc there's out al- there's yeah. elk up there um and doing those or even or even going to bc for a moose hunt will give you a lot of the types of things that you'll experience as an elk hunter yeah you know and they're they're just really good prep you know mm-hmm. they're just really good prep for people and super addicting I yeah mean, honestly. oh man
1: nothing like it I set time aside every September to go on an elk hunt. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do this year since didn't get drawn in New Mexico again. Don't know what I'm going to do yet. Me either. Yeah, I know.
0: I've got I've got two tags and I'm going to be I'm looking for a third. So where are yours at this year? Um, I've got a Utah tag mm-hmm. and I've got a Colorado tag. Okay. So, but yeah, I I really. I, I actually wanted to do um, a BC elk specific hunt like mm-hmm. it, which i had never done. There's one up there on horseback that I really want to do Well I've
1: heard that they're they're talking about opening it up for the fall but the problem is you need to be planning all that stuff right now.
0: Yeah well yeah there's a ton of stuff you have to because we've got
1: because we've got a client that's doing a, a Yukon moose and he's very confident they're going to open it up for September.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. But I mean, what day is that going to be? September 1? At that point, it's too late for me. Yeah, I I need to know now for the calendar. Yeah. Well, cool, dude. Thank you so much for coming by. Okay. Make sure you check out Caleb Copeland Creative.
1: Cope Creative on Instagram. Oh, Cope Creative. He dropped the land. Cope Cope, Copeland Creative was already taken. Some creative, like graphic designer in Canada, took that one.
0: I know, man. Yeah. Well, someone took Knock On. (laughs) Yeah. You know, <laughs> some someone who eats sushi in Japan. <laughs> yeah, you know, best I can figure out. Uh so yeah, that's why we're Knock on TV. So, um all right everybody, well, thanks Caleb and Knock on everybody. Be sure to visit knockonartry.com to see our entire line of trendy Knock on lifestyle clothing. knockonartry.com.